Hello, welcome to our final sermon in the series, The Songs We Sing. Today we'll turn our attention to the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, a favorite for millions of people. The writer of those words was Horatio Spafford. Horatio lived uh, an incredibly inspiring, albeit painful, life. Uh, He lived in Chicago. Uh, He invested early in lakefront property around Lake Michigan and uh, became a huge success, uh, made an enormous amount of money, and everything seemed to be going well for him, except uh, while he was busy earning his money, his four-year-old son became ill and passed away. Sometime after that, the Chicago fire hit and destroyed much of the property that he had invested in, uh, ruining him in many ways financially. In an effort to recover and to get away from the tragedy of the loss that suffered financially and personally, uh, he decided to take his wife and four daughters to England to hear the famous preacher Dwight L. Moody. Um, at the last minutes, Horatio was not able to travel with the family, but he insisted that his wife and the girls go on. He didn't want to ruin their trip, so he put them on a ship bound for England. Along the way, though, in the middle of the Atlantic, there was a collision between two ships, and the ship that his wife and daughters was on sunk uh, very quickly. Uh, All four daughters were lost in the tragedy. His wife, upon arriving to Europe, sent home a telegram that said, Saved alone, what shall I do? Uh, A few days later, when Horatio is catching up to his wife aboard a different ship traveling across the Atlantic. Uh, The captain called him to the bridge when they were right about the spot where his wife's ship had gone down. And the captain told him that this, as far as we can tell, is the spot. Horatio was moved by that, went back to his cabin and sat down and took pen and paper and wrote the words, When peace like a river attendeth my soul, when sorrow like sea billows roll. And sorrow, like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. We'll explore his life and what it says about our lives in today's message. Our sermon text comes from the last book of the Bible, the Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. The one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Let us pray. Almighty God, I thank you that you are always faithful, that you are there for us in the best of times and especially in the worst of times. 
And I'm grateful that because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that we ultimately win, that evil doesn't get its way ultimately in our lives. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Wow. How do you survive that kind of loss? How do you even get up out of bed, much less find it within yourself to say, it is well with my soul? Financial loss alone has driven many to the edge. I've read stories uh, about the suicides that occurred after the stock market crashed in 1929. People that lost their entire fortunes and could find no reason to live and threw themselves out of windows to their death. Financial loss is enough to cause people to despair. While Horatio had lost millions, it was among the least of his concerns. While he was making his fortunes, his 14-year-old son died. Certainly, he would trade his fortunes to restore the life of his son. But more was coming. Spafford sent his family aboard a ship to England to get away from the tragedy of the personal loss and of the Chicago fire. You know, people say that God won't give you more than you can handle. Notice I said people say that. The Bible never makes that claim. The Bible never promises that we, that God will not give us more than we can handle. In fact, many have faced far more than they can handle. The telegram from his wife carried a message that was more than any dad could handle. It was a trip that he decided for them to take. He put them on the ship. The result of his actions was the loss of his four daughters. His four precious daughters that he would never see again in this life. Somehow under the weight of unbearable grief, Spafford wrote, When peace like a river attendeth my soul, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. The hymn is spoken to millions, especially those who walk, walk through dark valleys. I remember the first time I heard it. The, actually, the first time I heard the song was on an album released by Johnny Erickson Tata. Mistakenly, I mean, I was just a child. Mistakenly, I thought that Johnny had written the song herself. Still, I was blown away by it. I was blown away by the message of the words but not just the words themselves, but the woman who was singing it. I was very early in my faith journey, and I was blown away by her testimony. You see, Johnny had become a quadriplegic as a teenager after a diving accident. A young woman with everything to live for, in a split second, her life changed forever, and for a while she wondered if there was anything to live for. But she found hope in Christ, and she was able to sing that song, It Is Well With My Soul. From her wheelchair, she sang that song, and it blew me away as a child. Her story captured my attention as I was just beginning to explore my faith. I had to know, what is it about God that allows you to sing that kind of song after such a tragedy? What is it about God that allows you to write that kind of song 
after experiencing such unthinkable disaster. I mean, it's easy to say it is well with my soul when you've won the lottery, but when you've lost your child, how can anything be well with your soul? Somehow, they could see beyond the deep despair of their circumstances. They were anchored in a reality that was greater than their current struggles. Reminds me a little bit of an occasion in the life of the prophet Elisha. He said the king of Aram was waging war against Israel in 2 Kings chapter 6. And when the king of Aram would send his troops into battle to a certain place, God would tell Elisha where they were going. And Elisha would tell the king of Israel where the enemy troops were going. And that way Israel would be prepared and they would be able to thwart the attack and, and, and defeat the armies of Aram. It happened enough that the king of Aram thought one of his men must be betraying him. But he found out instead it was Elisha, the prophet of God. And he sent his entire army to Elisha's tent to confront him, to wipe him out, to get him out of the way so that uh, so the king might be successful in his battles. Well, uh, overnight, the army surrounds Elisha's tent. Early in the morning, Elisha's servant gets up to go out and and water the camels and take care of them. And he steps outside and he sees this massive army staring down at him. He goes into Elisha and he says, Elisha, you messed up, man. You knew you shouldn't have been making the king of Aram mad like that. You knew you shouldn't have been given that information. They have come to take care of us. Elisha went over to the tent and looked out looked at the army in front of his tent, and then looked up in the mountains all around. And he said to his servant, there are more with us than there are against us. The servant had to said something like, Elisha, you are crazy. There ain't nobody here but you, me, and these camels. But Elisha could see the big picture. He could see beyond the limitations of the circumstances. The present circumstances didn't dictate what God could do. Their circumstances didn't tell the whole story. Elisha prayed that his servant's eyes would be opened to the spirit world. And as they were, he saw angels sitting on chariots of fire all around the mountains. Uh, angels that came and protected and rescued Elisha, even from this massive army. Their circumstances didn't tell their whole story. Johnny Erickson Tata's circumstances didn't tell her whole story Horatio Spafford's circumstances didn't tell his whole story. They all knew the truth. The worst thing is never the last thing. Take a peek with me at the end of our book, the one that we say guides our faith. In chapter 21 of the Revelation, it says that the new Jerusalem is coming down from God out of heaven, that God will wipe away every tear that death will be no more, that mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. All of the tragedy that Spafford faced is passing away. All of the tragedy that Johnny Erickson Tata faced is passing away. All of the tragedy that you and I may face is passing away. At every graveside service I do, I remind the family and myself that death and the grave are only temporary that our cemeteries are just holding places, temporary resting places, until God finishes God's actions in the world. No matter what we're going through, 
no matter how bad it really gets. And I'm not making light of the severity of pain. I know that things hurt, but hell doesn't get to win. Hell doesn't have the last word. It's already defeated. The worst thing is never the last thing. Maybe you're still struggling with some pain of your own. The loss of a loved one, a broken relationship. Maybe you're currently under a dark cloud of despair. And and that pain is real. I would never minimize it. I certainly would never tell you to just suck it up and get over it. It'll get better. That's not really caring for you. The pain is real. It's just not permanent. It's not final. When we suffer, the pain is real. And at Forest Lake United Methodist, we want to walk through that valley with you. We want to be present with you because we have hope of what's on the other side. And I do want to offer hope. You might not see it yet. It might seem impossible, but God is faithful. God will wipe every tear. The worst thing is never the last thing.